Hey, I'm Emily Glankler, and this is Anti-Social Studies, where I contextualize the chaos one historical tangent at a time. Today, I want to talk about Columbus Day, our most confusing national holiday that has a long history of making various groups angry at each other in a centuries-old debate about historical memory and who we decide to mythologize. It'll be fun, I promise. Let's go. First, let's get two basic questions out of the way. One, why is it celebrated in October? Well, October 12th, 1492, after a voyage of 10 weeks, was the day that Christopher Columbus's crew spotted the New World. And two, why is this holiday celebrated at all? Which is really the main question of this video. I mean, we know the ruthless history of Columbus. He literally was the first transatlantic slave trader. He tortured and brutalized the indigenous people. He and his successors like governed them with tons of brutality. You know, his arrival launched the largest demographic collapse in human history, killing around 90% of the indigenous population of the Americas. All that stuff. But also, like, why do U.S. Americans celebrate it, right? Columbus never set foot in North America. The closest he got was the Bahamas, and he was an Italian sailing for Spain 300 years before the U.S. became a country. Well, the answer actually sort of lies in that question, which will make sense by the end of this video. Italian Americans had always faced discrimination by the Northwest European Protestant majority in the early United States. Not only were these Italians Catholics, but they also were just not considered white. This is really critical to understanding a lot of issues in American history. Whiteness was a label that was kind of made up and could be granted or withheld from really any group that the majority wanted to deem important or not important. So for the first 150 years or so of US history, groups from Southern and Eastern Europe, including Italians, were not considered white, at least not in the same way as immigrants from say, England, France, or Germany were. So as historian Christopher J. Kaufman once wrote, quote, Italian Americans grounded legitimacy in a pluralistic society by focusing on the Genoese explorer as a central figure in their sense of peoplehood. Remember, Italy itself was not a united country until the mid-1800s, so many of these Italian immigrants came from different city-states with distinct cultures, and yet they all had to find a way to join together as a large enough group to carve a space for themselves while they were being marginalized by the white Protestant majority. So Columbus, the most famous Italian in the history of the Americas, became a really helpful symbol for this purpose. So for the first century or so, it was almost exclusively Italian-Americans who celebrated October 12th. It was a way to acknowledge their people's contributions and stake their claim in this hemisphere. Basically, we belong here because our people were here long before Protestant Europeans arrived. Now the indigenous Americans are entering the chat, but more on that in a second. A broader push to recognize Columbus Day came in the late 1800s for two reasons. One, Italian immigration was surging as part of this wave of new immigrants. And second, the brutal mistreatment of Italian Americans, partly in response to their growing numbers, was also on the rise. Although we often think of Italian-American immigrants on the East Coast in places like New York, which is where they predominantly settled, there were also enclaves of Italian communities throughout the Jim Crow South. In New Orleans, an infamous police chief, David Hennessy, who was known for targeting the Italian-American community, was murdered. And reportedly, this was done by Italian mafia members. And to be clear, it's likely that that's true. There were rival Italian-American gangs in New Orleans who often served as an extra-legal force to both protect their community and attack its enemies. But what is not clear at all is whether the 19 Italian-Americans who were rounded up and arrested by police had anything to do with his murder. Again, in the Jim Crow South, Italian Americans were not quite white, so they were still underneath this white supremacist hierarchy that had been created in the Jim Crow South. Obviously, black Americans were further down on this hierarchy, but Italian Americans were somewhere weirdly in the middle. 
So during the trial for nine of the men, they were acquitted, there were mistrials, it was sort of chaos, and this angered the Protestant locals. So much so that they forced open the prison doors and a mob lynched 11 of the Italian-American prisoners. This is still one of the largest mass lynchings in U.S. history. So just to hit home general attitudes toward Italian-Americans in the late 1800s, a New York Times editorial about this lynching said, quote, Yet while every good citizen will readily assent to the proposition that this affair is to be deplored, it would be difficult to find any one individual who would confess that privately he deplores it very much. Basically, yes, of course, we all think this is terrible, but like behind closed doors, we're all actually pretty happy that 11 Italian-Americans were lynched. News of this event reached all the way to Italy, and the Italian government called for reparations from the U.S. government. It got so bad that the U.S. and Italy cut off diplomatic relations for a while. For context, Italy had only been unified as a country in the last few decades, and so they were furiously trying to catch up and establish themselves as a strong nation amidst tons of established empires and new nation-states, including Germany. All of them were trying to prove they were the most powerful in Europe, which I'm sure will end totally well and peacefully. Anyway... Two years after the 1890 lynching, it was 1892, it was the 400th anniversary of Columbus's arrival, and President Benjamin Harrison issued a nationwide proclamation celebration of Discovery Day. He called Columbus, quote, the pioneer of progress and enlightenment, and eventually the two countries reestablished relations with the U.S. paying $25,000 in reparations to the Italian government, not the families of the men who were lynched, which seems wrong. So to be clear, Columbus Day was still not a national holiday, although a stamp of approval from the president helped it grow in popularity. It wasn't until 1937 under FDR that Columbus Day officially became a national holiday. And again, this was partly in response to a wave of anti-immigrant attacks. The 1920s saw the resurgence of the KKK, a group who had expanded by this point their hatred beyond just black people in the Jim Crow South to basically anyone who was not a white Protestant of Anglo-Saxon descent. And parallel to this development was prohibition, which allowed many historically oppressed groups like Italian-Americans find a space for themselves in the now illegal bootlegging business. And this was backed by mafia groups. Not to mention, the post-World War I labor movement was increasingly dominated by new immigrants from Eastern and Southern Europe who were espousing socialist ideology just years after Russia's revolution. It was a mess, and it was a very intense time for immigrants, to say the least. So an Italian-American group known as the Knights of Columbus pushed for increasing education and celebration of minority groups' contributions to U.S. history. In the 1920s, they published three books in a series called The Knights of Columbus Racial Contributions, which kind of surprisingly didn't just cover Italian-American contributions. One of the books they published was The Gift of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. For some groups, Columbus Day was meant to push back against the growing animosity and discrimination of Catholics and other minorities. In the 1930s, the Knights of Columbus joined with a well-known Italian-American politician from New York to lobby hard for a national holiday, and FDR eventually complied. And to be honest, this was probably partly as a way to secure his broad coalition of New Deal Democrats that he had compiled. So in 1937, FDR officially declared October 12th a national holiday. And in the 1970s, the government changed the celebration to always land on the second Monday of October. Now, interestingly, opposition to Columbus Day has come from two very different groups at two different points in our history. And I think a lot of us, or hopefully all of us now know, that there has been a big push over the last few decades to replace Columbus Day with something celebrating the indigenous people. You know, the groups who were already here when Columbus discovered the Americas. 
And this movement grew out of civil rights era groups pushing for more tangible legislation for indigenous people. The pan-Indian and red power movements of the 1960s and 70s, for example, began really doing the work of deconstructing the myth and symbol of Columbus by highlighting you know, the actual atrocities he committed. But it really wasn't until the 1980s and 90s that some white officials started to take seriously this movement to end Columbus Day. Two major historic anniversaries really helped us along. 1990 was the 100-year anniversary of the Wounded Knee Massacre, an event in which U.S. soldiers brutally killed 300 Lakota men, women, and children, most of them unarmed and shot while fleeing. So in 1990, indigenous groups convinced the South Dakota governor to declare a year of reconciliation and change Columbus Day to Native American Day. And two years later was the 500-year anniversary of Columbus's arrival, which sparked a wave of books and news articles and just general conversations about Columbus's legacy that has led to many states shifting toward a celebration of indigenous people instead of Columbus. Ironically, though, the first big opposition to Columbus Day was from white supremacist groups, because of course it was, right? I mean, we talked about Columbus Day for most of its history was pushed as a symbol of Italian American and other immigrant groups' contributions to the country. It was an explicit push against the white Protestant hegemony in US history textbooks. Ironically, it was seen by many groups as what we would today maybe call a woke movement to rewrite history to appease oppressed groups, right? So some groups throughout the 1800s and early 1900s responded by pushing back against Columbus Day and asserting that like, hey, Columbus wasn't even the first European to arrive in the Americas. In 1925, for example, President Calvin Coolidge said that Leif Erikson had actually arrived 500 years before Columbus. He said this on the 100 year anniversary of the first arrival of Norwegian immigrants to the US at the Minnesota State Fair. And this is where we need to have a very important side note. We all need to be very careful on the internet when we see people celebrating Viking accomplishments because it's become, unfortunately, a gateway into much more concerning conversations and groups promoting white supremacy. And I can do another video at some point about how this came to be, but for the moment, just notice that Leif Erikson, this Viking explorer, was also used by groups as a symbol, in this case, a white symbol, to combat the recognition of non-white groups' contributions to the country's history. So I mention all of this just to say that Columbus Day is definitely our most complicated and controversial holiday, and it always has been. It has been used by immigrants groups to carve out a space for themselves who wanted to belong. It was a lightning rod for violent debates about who was a true American. And today it's shifted again. Columbus is now the symbol of the colonizing mostly white majority with indigenous groups and often black Americans, themselves often descendants of the slave trade started by Columbus, pushing against the holiday in favor of one that recognizes the original inhabitants of the land. So just know that if you're confused about why we celebrate this holiday or you feel like it's weirdly complicated and controversial, you are not alone. In fact, you're actually part of a long tradition in American history of just not knowing what to do with Christopher Columbus.